Welcome to Stories Jesus Told, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Fresh Dot, Wisconsin. Here is Trinity's Rick Adams and Pastor Carl Landbauer. Welcome back, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, in the podcast room with our senior pastor, Carl Landbauer. Hi, Rick. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be back with you. Uh, again, it is um, Tuesday, July 18th, and uh, we are this week in texts that are under the umbrella of the parable of the talents, and we find ourselves today in perhaps a, a text that's familiar to many of our listeners from Matthew 5, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, he's talking today about being salt and light. So, Pastor Carl. Yeah, two two images that I think we are familiar with and that tend to, to stay with us. So let's read these verses and let's talk about them. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're salt, we're light, we're a city on a hill. All kinds of analogies here that Jesus is giving us. Um, I was looking at a commentary talking about all of the different functions that salt served in ancient times. It was a preservative Mm -hmm. before the days of refrigeration. It also as today, brings flavor to food. I even heard one commentary that said it was a fertilizer. Mm. I'm not sure that... Hmm. Does that apply to me, too? Am I a fertilizer as well as... Um, as in the context of what Jesus is saying here. But um, certainly, Jesus is trying to communicate something to us about our lives when it comes to the world that we live in. About who we are and about our purpose right. in this world. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the taste seems to be in view. Jesus brings that up. If salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Uh, and so uh, I think of that, that we are meant in this world to give this world uh, a better flavor, to leave a better flavor in people's mouths, especially as they think about who their God is because they've encountered his people. And so encountering us, they should be encountering love and joy and peace and the fruit of God's spirit and all the things that people long for. And that makes the the flavor of life so much better and gives a hunger for God. Yeah, and if you're salt, you don't have an option to not be salty. Right. You, and as Christians, we don't really have an option to not positively impact our culture and influence f- for godly purposes the lives of the people around us. Yeah, to reject the purpose God has for us is also to reject our identity. Right. And so... We're going to fall into sin. We're not going to be... be not, not everybody's going to walk away with a good taste in their mouth after they encounter me. But who I am, and then therefore the impact that I have over time, needs to, to conform to who God created me to be. That's the work of God's Spirit. It's not my work. But if it's not happening, then, then that's... Well, if I'm resisting it, that's a rejection of my identity in Jesus. I'm choosing not to be salt. That's not going to go well for me in the long run. No, it won't. 
And then Jesus moves into the analogy of being the light of the world. And this is something that's true of him, but he's also now making it true of us as well. Yeah. Yeah, kind of fascinating dynamic there that in John, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But here in Matthew, he's saying, you are the light of the world, which is perfectly fitting when we are the body of Christ. So you are you are the Jesus of the world, in a sense. You're, you, plural, you, the whole Christian church on earth, you are there to, to provide light so the world can see who God is. And it's a light that's reflected off of us, right? Mm-hmm. Because the light is Christ and we reflect his light into and you know it, it just seems to fit uh, a narrative that we see all throughout the old testament you know, that the world is a, a place of darkness the church brings light into mm-hmm. darkened corners mm-hmm. and so i kind of find you know i was reading in one commentary that uh, light was always a crucial symbol of jewish culture in the greek culture they prized knowledge uh, the Roman culture valued glory and military strength. Uh, American culture, right? We 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 value freedom. In the Jewish culture, light. Um, you hmm. think about a, just this is from Proverbs four. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. The path of righteousness makes. Um, it says. The, they that like deep darkness do not know what makes them stumble, but the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness. They do not, I didn't read that right, they do not know what makes them stumble. Matthew four sixteen says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, yeah, right? Which is an Old Testament quote. Yeah, yeah. and uh, in Second Corinthians 4, God, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, um, hmm. made his light shine in our hearts, give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. I've never I've never heard that held up before as like a hallmark of the the Jewish culture, but it certainly is a mark of the scriptures, the first opening verses, yeah. let there be let there be light. Let there be yeah. light, and then the calling for the Old Testament Israel to be a light to the nations mm-hmm. is the language that's used a couple times in the prophets and and then you get John's gospel where you begin with kind of a going back to creation and and the, there was the light has come into the world. The darkness has not overcome it. Right, and so you do see that theme really carried through from beginning all the way to the end, where you get in Revelation. Then there's no night there. The Lamb is its light. The the so you have just light and more light. So that's that's kind of fascinating. I was putting that together, thinking that through, and then here you are in a world of darkness to be that city on a hill. It takes me back to my earliest memories of being a child in a vacation Bible school, singing this little gospel light of mine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that occurred to me as I was looking at this text is, you know, um, the Newsboys, a Christian band, they're already kind of like been going at this now for 30 years. It's interesting is there such a thing as contemporary Christian oldies? <laughs> there is now, because for if, sure. If, There's if a there is, reunion it would be them, now. right? And they had this song back in the 90s called Shine. Remember oh, yeah. that song? Oh, yeah. I could. And the, it was, I think it was Shine, let, let them wonder what you've got, let them know. Make them wish that they were not on the outside looking in. Right. Yeah. But it's the whole idea is to let God's good works shine in you. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time that just was 
I think I had the youth group at Trinity at that time, and they just loved that song mm-hmm. because it song. resonated with them. Yeah, that was fun to sing too, and it had a little guitar riff I could yeah, that's probably, play. You were probably one of those teenagers I when I was going through the youth. That would have been about the right <laughs> the right timing for that song. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, you are the light of the world, and I think uh, we one of the things that, that I, I think we need to be careful of whenever. We use metaphors like that. You are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. Sometimes the the language itself just kind of takes on its own meaning instead of going back and thinking through what what is that meant to communicate. And uh, for a long time, I'd hear light, darkness, language in the scriptures, and I would hear uh, that my framework for that was like Star Wars, like good versus evil yeah. kind of a thing, instead of the actual image, which is you're in the darkness. Darkness is terrifying. You're lost. You don't know. You don't know how to get anywhere. And then you see the light, and that light, that city on a hill, shows you that's where I'm headed. That's where I want to go. And so the light it penetrates the darkness, and it brings, it draws people to it. And you are that light because you don't live like the world lives. Because you don't live for the things the world lives for. Because Christ lives in you. Isn't it amazing how Jesus is? He has a tremendous amount of confidence in us, doesn't he? <laughs> or else maybe it's confidence in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, confidence in us. himself. So yeah. yes. but yeah. he's, he's putting a lot of expectations on us, mm-hmm. isn't he? And he's saying, you can do this. You, I, the Holy Spirit is living in you. Therefore, you can be light. You can be salt. You can be a city on a hill. Yeah, I, I, I might I might say he's saying you will be, yeah. you will be, you will be. Not mm-hmm. like you can apart from me, but you will be. Yes. But and and we entered into this through the this is the Sermon on the Mount, and so the first verse of that, blessed are the poor in spirit, the spiritually impoverished, the one who has nothing to offer God. Blessed are you. Yours is the kingdom of heaven, because your Savior is standing here speaking these words to you, and so as as people who have been redeemed and right. saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, He can actually do that in me. That's what's incredible. Yeah, everything is said in the shadow of the cross, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Yeah, that we can do this. That that we will do this. I, I had a conversation not long ago with somebody who was in a, just in a difficult position. Somebody who's difficult to love, and uh, over the long haul, not you know, this isn't one where you can just kind of well, that's too bad, and I move on with life. He's, this is going to be part of life for a while. And uh, as I was talking with him, it, I just found myself just wishing I could find some way to, to, to help him stop trying to love out of his own resources and to just let Jesus love through him. Cause that's what needs to happen. That's the only way that we can actually be the light of the world is for Jesus to do that in us. And so for our listeners and for myself, sometimes that's the, that's that's the thing I would most have us take away here is is not try harder to be the light of the world and try harder to be the salt, but recognize Jesus said it. It's true. You are it. You are the light. You are the salt. He's doing this in you. And and for me, my role is to to let him to embrace that that aspect of who he has created me to be and what he has done in me, and to repent when I let my sinful nature get mixed up in there and get in the way. And we often feel like things have to be clicking for us in life. And um, we need to be free of trouble and hardship and pain in order for Mm. that light to shine through us. When in reality, it's usually when Mm -hmm. we're in our darkest times and most difficult times 
when the light really does come through. Yeah, literally true, right? You know, if it, if it's beautiful, bright, sunny day outside, you can't you can't see a even a bright blinding flashlight or car headlights disappear, but you turn out all the lights and you can see a candle from right great distance. So yeah. in the dark times, your light is most evident. Right. Um, maybe this analogy 2,000 years ago would have even been more obvious to people than it, than it is today because of, you know, like a, an oil lamp. Yeah, was, light is easy for us. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the flashlight. We click it on, we click it off. There's no work to that. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago and beyond, people had depended quite heavily upon oil lamps and understanding that the majority of their world was mm-hmm. literally a world of darkness mm-hmm. that they had to constantly mitigate. Yeah, night was truly dangerous. Mm-hmm. If you were out caught away from home or someplace where you didn't know the way, yeah. So that idea of putting a, a lamp on a stand to illuminate a whole room, mm-hmm. they would have been thinking, oh, yeah, I get that. We do yeah. that all the time. Yeah. And so we have to maybe work a little bit harder at getting ourselves that mental picture of what Jesus is talking about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah, we, we underappreciate what it's like to be in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's true when it comes to the physical metaphor, but it's also true of what it comes to the people around us living in the world of darkness who need to see there's another way to live. There is a way to actually have peace. There is, there is actual joy in this world, not just fleeting happiness, uh, that the darkness is, is heavy and is dangerous. And uh, we underestimate what we have to offer. And so we rejoice that as you expressed before, this is this is who we are. We are the light of the world, and this is God. This is God working in us. Truly, something to rejoice. Yeah, in, that He has not abandoned us to a dark world. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I rejoice that Jesus didn't say, "Go be the light of the world," but He said, "You are." Yeah, He did it. When Jesus says something, it's true, right? And right. in the same way as "Let there be light" in Genesis one, uh, God's work in us. So yeah, I rejoice in that. Yeah. And as we reflect on our shortcomings and the things that we need to repent of. There's, oh man, there's a world of repentance here when I think about all the ways that I blend into the world. Mm-hmm. And the, again, I was getting alluding to it a little bit ago, but all the fruitless ways that we try to be satisfied and find happiness and joy. And the church looks an awful lot like the rest of the world most of the time, mm-hmm. including me. And so there's a lot of room to repent there and to say, oh God, I'm sorry, because I have tried to to live like the world lives instead of embracing what you've given me so I can shine a light into the world too. And that leads me to want to ask God to continually shine light through me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it struck me when we read this right at the beginning, the same, same kind of phrasing as yesterday, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, is the glory to God again. Mm-hmm. And so that's the request. God, let the world see you when they see me. So today, pick your metaphor. You want to be <laughs> salt, be salt. Be light. Be that city set on a hill. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us again today. It has been an honor and a privilege to come to you this way. And uh, we invite you to join us again tomorrow as we explore more stories that Jesus told.